one of the most NFL-ready receivers to come out, plus give you the production that you are absolutely looking for, is hard to come by, definitely in year one. And this man, Justin Jefferson, was able to do that and more. 88 catches, 1,400 yards, 7 touchdowns, 16 yards per catch. Everything was downfield for this man on 125 targets. Finished as the wide receiver 6, 14 fantasy points per game. But let's take it back here to draft prep 2020. Now, there are a lot of receivers coming out in the first round. A lot of had first and second round grades. Justin Jefferson was one of the best prospects in this draft. But people had concerns that he didn't have as big of a ceiling because he was already so polished. That, along with in an LSU offense with Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and Joe Brady calling a great offense, Jefferson was just looked at kind of an afterthought, a guy that stuck around maybe a year too long, and he looked way faster on the field than he, his 40 time would show. So then he goes to the combine, runs a 4-4-3-40, and turns in one of the best rookie years of all time at a crazy efficient rate. Oof. He averaged six catches for 95 yards after week two. Here's my concern. Can lightning strike twice? Look at the situation Justin Jefferson walked in to. Stephon Diggs is gone. The Minnesota Vikings defense is absolutely terrible. And Kirk Cousins is throwing at a 68% completion percentage and 35 touchdowns. It It couldn't all go to Adam Thieland, who is aging here. So... He walks into a perfect situation for a guy that's already NFL ready, and he produces, you know, the best rookie year of all time statistically. He also caught seventy point four percent of his targets, which is way way above, you know, average. You would say. I don't expect the defense to be as bad as it was, so we wouldn't have to see Mr. Kirk Cousins throwing the ball to catch up in every single game. I still think this is going to be a low-volume passing offense that goes through Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison. And, you know, Thielen is always a threat in the red zone to score touchdowns. He had 14 touchdowns last year. So I'm going to pump the brakes a little bit on Justin Jefferson, but still a great player. I do just want to say there's, there's going to be a little life lesson uh, right here before we actually get down to the nitty-gritty, and that is uh, let people finish talking. Because you you said something about the Minnesota defense, kind of seemed like you were selling them short, but then you said that they're not going to be as bad because, no, that the Vikings made some moves on defense this offseason, that's for sure. So, life lesson, kids. Let people finish talking before you cut them off. So, well done by you. Um, Now, I think you're right, though, to have a little pause with Justin Jefferson this year. Adam Thielen is still there, although he may be aging. Um, you know, they did just see the loss of Irv Smith. He's going to be sidelined for a few weeks. So, uh, maybe that gives the Vikings pass catchers a little bump, but at the end of the day, this is still a Kirk Cousins offense, but it's 
also mainly a Dalvin Cook offense. This is another team who's going to want to run the ball consistently. And for me, I just have a hard time taking a Kirk Cousins receiver in the second round of a draft. If I could get Justin Jefferson fall the third, maybe I like that, but it's, it's hard to want to buy into that hype um, because it was so electric, like you said. Again, I think he's going to have a really good year, too. But now teams are going to be preparing for him. He's the undisputed number one. There's tape on him out there. And this is still Dalvin Cook's team. Everything's going to run through it. Mike Zimmer has emphasized that. They, we, they will run the ball and run the ball some more. And... Justin Jefferson, if he's not hitting on his super efficient rate that he hit last year, then you're probably looking at 70 catches for maybe about 1,200 yards, five touchdowns, you know, and that's not the return on the investment that you made in the second round as your wide receiver one. Now I'm just really curious. I want to know what Adam Thielen's best season was with the Vikings. Holy crap, he caught 14 touchdowns last year. Wowzer. So so it would be last year. Uh, before that, though, he had uh, 113 receptions, 1,300 yards, and nine touchdowns. So uh, I was really just looking comparatively to see if, um, you know, if you see Justin Jefferson take over that number one spot. And I guess maybe I should have compared to Stefan Diggs as opposed to Adam Thielen and seen what Diggs' best season was in Minnesota. Well, they both were taking time away from each other because Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs were arguably two one of the best uh, wide receiver combos in the league. Right. You know, as of you know 2018, 2017 time where they're both kind of in their prime there. Again, now Adam Thielen is 31 years old. He's more of a refined route runner in the red zone. I think you're going to see the touchdowns stay where they are, but his receptions and yards are going to come way down, and especially. Now where they're already missing, you know, Kyle Rudolph left. They're already missing Irv Smith here. They're going to need someone to get open, i.e. how Devontae Adams was getting open in the red zone last year. They're going to need that to happen. It's going to be Adam Thielen and Dalvin Cook in the red zone left and right. And so Jefferson should be carving up all the yards in between that. Absolutely, and just just because I wanted to do the digging since I had said it. Uh, In 2019, Stefan Diggs caught 63 receptions for 1,100 yards and six touchdowns. Uh, The year prior, he caught 102 for 1,021 and then nine touchdowns. So I think that's maybe more of what you'll be looking at with Justin Jefferson because, as you said, Mm -hmm. that defense is not as soft as it was. So there's a reason that I waited so long to do tight ends in this little segment that we have prepared. And that is because I hate that position. Year after year, you struggle to go through the waiver wire and find guys that can just propel you through to the next week. Whether you're streaming, whether you found a guy who's at least getting you eight points a week, you're ready to take it. And... Someone who's been on the rise this offseason, Noah Fant. I'm just going to start off by saying I'm totally off. I'm out. Don't count me in on Noah Fant. I can already start with this just by saying that uh, you have the return of Cortland Sutton this year. 
on top of that, Jerry Judy is still there, KJ Hamler, and not to mention, I and people might laugh at me when I say this, but I love Tim Patrick. I think he is a very respectable wide receiver. But to get into more of why I am off of Noah Fant, besides the crowded target share, last year he only had 12 red zone targets. Not good. Not good. He was he fell just behind TJ Hawkinson in that category. The Broncos also have Melvin Gordon and they drafted Javante Williams and have proven to want to have a heavy rushing attack. They ranked 21st in pass play percentage, which was 57% despite finishing 5 and 11. The Jacksonville Jaguars, who were the worst team in the NFL, passed on 66% of their plays. So even in negative game scripts, this tells you that the Broncos are still running the ball. They are not getting it out to their pass catchers, and that's what scares me about Noah Fant. You throw in the few, uh, the 12 red zone targets and the addition of Cortland Sutton, or the uh, re addition of Cortland Sutton, if you will. It just gives me pause for wanting to have uh, a tight end in that offense. Especially with how many mouths there are to feed and. Teddy Bridgewater, glad he got named the starter there yeah. for the time being. But Bridgewater got named the starter, so he doesn't put this team into bad situations. They're going to win the game, win games this year by running the ball and playing defense. And that is just going to be their motto. That's what Vic Fangio has always been trying to do in Denver since he's been there. And so you're absolutely right with the low passing volume offense that this Broncos team shows and it sucks because it's you look at all the skill position players that they have all the way down to you know Tim Patrick like as you mentioned KJ Hamler you know Jerry Judy Cortland Sutton Sutton um, Noah Fance there so they have all these pass catchers you don't know how it's going to shake out and who Bridgewater is going to like and even last year when Teddy was in Carolina, we didn't see much production out of um, tight end. Oh yeah, I know. I have it on the tip of my tongue too. Ian Thomas. Ian Thomas. That's right. Nice call. So you didn't see much production out of Ian Thomas last year in those three wide receiver sets that you probably see similar in in, in Denver here. So I'm right there with you. He's not that second tier third tier tight end that i'm going to be looking for in drafts Um, more power to whoever grabs him but i don't know if rookie year no offense is here to stay yet so even right now you're getting him in about the ninth round that's not terrible it's getting towards the back of your draft whatever it is it's the tight end position so you only have to start one unless you want to be a guy who plays one in the flex Do what you got to do to get by. The Washington football team defense is going right around Noah Fant. I would rather reach for my defense there because that's another position you only have to play one of and just grab a tight end at the back of the draft. If that's if that's the route I'm going, if I'm going to take a you know something like that, then yeah, I'd rather go Washington defense because I think I could get more points out of Washington than the tight end going right there. 